Testing, testing. It's on. One, two, one, two. Microphone checker. Microphone wrecker. Microphone blicker, blicker. <laughs> Alright, let's give this a shot. What is life? What does it mean to heal? I'm a human. Hello, hello? Anybody there? Why are we here? What does this mean? Let's figure it out together. That's fun. Just to come play. Play in the pod first. What are we doing? This is the Turning of the Bones hello. podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Turning of the Bones podcast. We are almost at the end of the year, I think, this podcast, and maybe one more, and it'll be 2022, and I just want to thank you all for, for getting through this with me, being on the other end of these little chats. Uh, I hope that, yeah, whatever you have coming up this this holiday season, this end of year as we approach the solstice next Tuesday, the shortest day of the year, uh, all the various traditions we've got around this time Kwanzaa Hanukkah Christmas <clears throat> just yeah extra time with family all that I hope you're doing well I hope you're getting some rest I know that whew, if I've needed one thing these last two weeks it's been rest and I haven't gotten a ton of it I'm gonna try to keep my energy levels up for this podcast I just got my booster uh, about a day ago and I'm feeling the effects of COVID in my body and it is I think the <clears throat> simplest thing I can say about it it's it's an altered state of consciousness for sure it's kind of you're like tingly in your body you feel kind of heavy and still uh, just achy kind of this surreal floating feeling and I just I don't know each time I've gotten the booster I've tried to take some time and listen to what my body needed is it kind of integrated this new information uh, trying to figure out a way to build up a resistance to this this new virus and all the variants and I'm just, it really makes me so fucking grateful for my body. Like, it is so amazing. Sorry, I have a little horse, horse throat from it. <clears throat> it's so amazing to me that we can, I don't know, develop resistance to outside threats. Uh, biological and physiological exposure to certain amounts of, uh, virus can help strengthen our immune systems against it. I just think it's incredible and just to kind of take some deep breaths and feel my body kind of building up its defenses and being a little tired because it's working extra hard to figure out all this new information. I mean, what a great metaphor for the emotional healing journey. Um, <laughs> that one just kind of served itself up. I... I know with the, the year winding down, I've had a few moments that have been fairly spontaneous where I've just kind of reflected about what we've been through, what I've been through, about the pandemic, about lockdown, uh, 
about the healing and the confusion and the sadness and the joy and just all the pieces that have really, I don't know if they've come together or if they're still taking shape, but I know this year has been a lot for all of us. And I noticed this, I was having a conversation with my aunt and we were kind of reflecting about pre-vaccine psychology and just how scared we all were. Um, you know, everything was a threat. You would cross the street anytime you saw somebody. You never got to see people's faces um, or very rarely did. <clears throat> you know, we were all wiping our groceries down. I remember being afraid of, like the first month, being afraid of the ground and the earth and touching trees because like what if somebody touched it and then I got this virus that you know we were all in fight flight freeze or appease and just kind of freaking the fuck out and just if you're listening to this just go ahead and give yourself a pat on the back because the psychology I was experiencing prior to the vaccine and I know we're not through the pandemic but I feel like there was like a marked shift in my fear and my trauma response to this pandemic after I got the first two doses of the vaccine I kind of I didn't you know I was still being cautious and wearing masks and distancing and following the CDC guidelines but I think having some time between <clears throat> now and then is really I don't know put in perspective a bit how stressful the world was before the the vaccine and I know it it's still you know it's not like the world is full of roses and there's still tons of confusing confusing things and we have variants and numbers are going up but just the the psychological relief to have some kind of line of defense between this unknown fear invisible fear of this virus and then just feeling like there was a bit of a shield and I had a little bit more space to be with my life be with my relationships not just be with my fear and my panic so if, if, if you're listening to this you made it through that and we're here together so thank you so much um, it has been a very full year I will say full of so many things change growth death rebirth self-advocacy just taking some time at this this point of the year to you know reflect about what i've been through as we approach this shortest day and what's going to start birthing again now that the days will be getting longer <clears throat> and this kind of this metaphor of our body and their ability to Kind of protect us and building on I wanted to do a podcast today building on that inner child conversation we had and I kind of wanted to zoom in a little bit because I think a lot of that can feel pretty abstract and I know that I and a big belief behind this podcast is that we learn from stories and we learn from connecting to others and hearing their stories and actively listening where we're kind of connecting to ourselves and the world and to the person telling it. And so I wanted to 
zoom in a little bit about what inner child work can look like and some of the things I think that have helped me as I've navigated it. And one thing that I think is really crucial when or if you choose to do inner child work is having a good imagination you know being able to tap back into the child mind kind of prefrontal lobe where everything was kind of wondrous unbeknownst to you you were the cause and effect of everything you know you thought you were the cause of everything in the universe because you didn't have a frontal lobe yet you couldn't you hadn't cultivated empathy <clears throat> fully um, you know you didn't understand that your parents were complete human beings who'd lived a complete life who had also been children and who had also had parents I think having an imagination and being able to give yourself permission to be really creative with how that looks and being able to imagine younger versions of yourself I think is incredibly important and I think you know that for me took some time to develop uh, it was like a skill you know, going back and remembering things, like having having really happy memories to kind of go back to, you know, like time in the woods, uh, time playing with my toys, uh, time with my first dog. Having like a really safe set of like, you know, what did it feel like to feel good in my child body? <clears throat> you know, because it's important to remember that if you're going to go into do work around how you were hurt as a child and we were all hurt as children um, and so having an imagination I think is really key um, and kind of developing an awareness and like an ability to listen you know kind of uh, self-aware objective witnessing of yourself where you're not getting swept away in your emotions you're kind of <clears throat> you're you're watching yourself as you respond to things you know you can do that through meditation you can do that through talk therapy but I think developing a deep ability to listen for when the, the inner child is speaking or throwing a tantrum or wanting to play or when it's scared or self-conscious you know I think we all have pieces of our inner child that are super self-conscious because whether it was in school or at home we got the message that our behavior wasn't okay and it wasn't okay to uh, be ourselves and that's kind of at the core right of the inner child work is reconnecting with your true self and uh, looking at your false self and the ways that you've protected yourself because as children we just don't know you know we're we're doing our best to survive the circumstances and much like your immune system the psyche feels things as threats and it builds up coping mechanisms or <clears throat> ways to see the world that try to keep it safe and as as we age and become adults it's easy to start to see that maybe some of those weren't super healthy and some of those actually cause me suffering and some of those don't 
stack up to reality outside of the reality of my family as an organism or the family systems theory approach. And then we have a choice to kind of go back and look at those things. So I think being able to listen deeply so that you know when your inner child is asking for your attention and you know then you kind of it, it, it plays with the listening and the imagination piece you get to go back and be your own parent you know and ask yourself what you needed and <clears throat> kind of you know for me it's been like at first it was like my little self was outside of me and I would imagine me you know like standing next to me or snuggling or walking down the street going to get an ice cream and then at some point it kind of shifted and it was like oh this is you know all inside of me and that was kind of my first level and then eventually I was like well the inner child is actually inside of my being somewhere in my physical body and projecting them outside of myself uh, felt a little disconnected from the truth and so imagining that little person inside of you and letting yourself you know giving yourself permission I think would be the third piece there is like giving yourself permission to let them do what the fuck they need to do you know like does it my ex really helped me with this like sometimes I think you know if you're doing this work you just need to tantrum you know and you're an adult now and you can figure out safe places to go tantrum safe ways to do it that don't affect the people around you and then you know using this kind of dichotomy of like inner you know inner child adult contemporary me you can go back and say oh you know like do some of the listening things that I've talked about in this podcast like hey buddy you can get real curious and ask them what's bothering them you know you can give them empathy if that's what they needed if maybe you didn't get empathy you can you can hold them you know, that's where a really helpful piece could be doing this with safe others. You know, you could have friends who <clears throat> you've shared that you're doing this work and they could hold you and you could just let yourself feel like a little kid. But they need to be safe people. And so I think imagination, patience, listening, curiosity, um, and... I think if you have those pieces, then then this will go off, you know, you'll get what you're looking for from this. This is a tool of healing. And um, it, it's definitely a process, you know, it's not an event. I mentioned that before, but just to be clear, you know, like we'll go back and be around our families and we might feel like we're backtracking or like, oh, I was so good at home with my partner and then I went home and now I'm you know, a complete mess and I'm reliving old patterns. That's like a part of this is like the the neuroplasticity <clears throat> of the human being is pretty amazing. And so I think, you know, not accepting a medicalization of, you know, your psychology is fact or fixed is really important. Having kind of a growth mindset that you can go back and do this work and the patience piece really comes in because it takes time you know you you had these neural pathways etched into you you had these behaviors and survival mechanisms built into your psyche over you know however many years you spent around your family of origin uh, in schools and so energy flows down the path of least resistance you know a lot like water and so in your brain 
your brain's just used to using those old patterns and creating the new ones takes some work and it can be really uncomfortable sometimes and it can be really challenging but <clears throat> kind of the carrot at the end of that is that I feel like for me every time I've gone back and everything I've healed it's gotten easier and some things heal really quickly in my experience you know you see them and you're like oh I'm just gonna let that shit go like that just <clears throat> doesn't work then other pieces really need your time and attention and it takes a bit longer you know like raising a child is it's a long process <clears throat> and we have more information now than our parents did about psychology about trauma and we can kind of use that to go back and inform the way that we raise ourselves <clears throat> and so the story I wanted to tell you uh, to kind of give an illustration of this is the one that came to me is a pretty extreme example and so if you're feeling a little tender if you're feeling not quite ready for uh, a pretty profound story of healing um, you just take a pause just pause here come back revisit it don't revisit it just wanted to give you the heads up that this is this one touches on a lot of really primal fears and it touches on some early childhood trauma that I experienced um, that is uniquely mine and also not unique um, these are things we all go through to certain degrees and depending upon your family of origin and whether you know that was an extremely stressful or peaceful event I think we all have moments of this and so it's like a spectrum this is I would say on the intense end of the spectrum um, because it touches on one of my deepest uh, core wounds um, and core wounds are things that kind of stick with us and shape the way we look at the world and so during uh, the pandemic and lockdown I was living alone and it was really challenging to feel touch starved to feel socially isolated um, and I was seeing uh, someone at the time a dear love of my life and <clears throat> we were trying polyamory at the time and so they had another partner that they were seeing and that was kind of our little pandemic bubble and then i would socially distance with other people and i noticed you know is like the isolation really set in like i started having all these like really intense kind of flashbacks to childhood um where i would wake up super panicked in the middle of the night you know like terrified know felt like I was gonna die I uh, felt alone I felt scared I felt sick to my stomach and you know I I'd been to therapy and you know I had all my tools but nothing really seemed to kind of like get at the root of this fear and I would you know wake up I would sit in meditation I would take a bath you know I was <laughs> trying everything I could I would numb out and watch Netflix and like at one point I realized like okay this thing's here and this part of myself would like my attention and I really I mean honestly didn't want to fucking give it to it like I was like this sucks just go away 
And after about four or five nights of like waking up, and I'm talking like being utterly, utterly terrified, I started to to remember in my meditations, and I would feel it like this was how I would feel when I woke up scared as a child. Um, you know, I didn't want to be alone. I, I needed touch. And, you know, in my memory of my childhood, night times were like the most terrifying time for me. I would stay awake. I would panic that, wait for the sirens to pass. Kind of a nice little uh, universal soundtrack there. Yeah, because it was a lot like sirens going off in my childhood mind. And then again in my 44-year-old mind and body. Um, you know, just this existential dread of like not existing, of nobody coming. And I remember laying in bed as a kid and just thinking I would, I had insomnia as a child. <clears throat> and I would lay there and think like, Nobody exists outside of this room, you know, like I can't see my mom and my dad and my sister and they don't exist. And I would like, you know, drift into these like dark voids of like completely disoriented, sleepless kind of abysses as a child, like quite frequently. And then I would have really intense dreams. And so I was like, not only did I want to sleep, I was terrified of sleeping because I'd have nightmares. And this went on for a while, you know, like years and years. Like I remember, you know, I didn't have the words for it as a kid, but I would, I would sneak into my room and kind of hide on the floor next to my mom. So I didn't wake my dad up because waking my dad up didn't go well and was extremely terrifying so it was like it was always just a really stressful time and I, I noticed you know a week into these experiences during the pandemic that like everything I was doing was trying to push away this feeling you know the meditating the coping it was really you know I hadn't fully accepted and invited this part of myself in, you know, like I, I couldn't handle how scared I was. I couldn't handle how alone I felt. And so I was doing anything I could to kind of push it away. I mean, if I had pills at the time, I probably would have taken those because <clears throat> I was just utterly frozen by this. And, you know, this is one of the gifts of the pandemic that I would have never asked for or never thought was a gift but I remember at some point I was laying in bed and just crying and like sick to my stomach and anxious and like panicked and I just realized that like what did I realize I realized that I was pushing myself away the same way that I felt pushed away as a child the same way that I didn't feel safe to go be held by my dad or my mom at night. Um, and mostly tied to my dad. I think it was his, his protection that I was really craving when I was super little. Um, because I didn't feel that consistently, I was continuing to treat myself the way that I was treated. I'm going to say that again. 
I was treating myself the way that I was treated. And, you know, <laughs> the beauty of that insight in that moment was that all of the sudden it was really clear to me what I needed. And I was able to give it to myself. I was able to say, hey, it's okay to be scared. It's okay. You know, just come come back to bed. You know, I, I remember laying in bed and talking out loud, like, it's okay, you can you can come lay with me, little Colby. You know, you don't have to hide. Um, and I remember I spent maybe the, the following week continuing to wake up scared. But what I would do is I would grab a pillow and I was I would imagine that I was holding myself as a kid. And I was telling myself what I needed to hear during those long, dark, scary nights. And <laughs> it's just... It, it, it was so profound, like, and it, it took so much time to get to, you know, there were so many other little moments of healing that came before that one. You know, there was so much practice and work, but I wouldn't have traded it for the world, you know, like when I invited, when I invited that little version of myself back to bed with me and quit wishing that it would just go away and gave it permission to let me know what it needed. The healing that I experienced inside of myself was like, whew. you know, I, I was able to go back to some of my deepest, darkest fears about being a human that developed, you know, inside the context of a child's mind with the influence of my parents and the influence of the world, you know, there was this, this wound of abandonment and neglect and this kind of deep hole that I had always felt that I was always, you know, whether it was like with approval or sex or drugs or, you know, work or watching TV, like I, I just everything I, I had done in my life, I just kind of realized was an effort towards trying to fill that hole. And then after I was able to be with that little version of myself and listen it was like that hole started to smooth itself over. And I knew in this really profound way that I am capable of giving myself what I need on the deepest level. And that when I get it from other people, that's really great, you know. But for someone who's experienced abandonment and neglect, we can be a bit clingy and anxious and graspy and terrified that people are gonna leave because that was our experience as a child, you know, and whether it happens in the womb or pre-verbally, you know, you didn't get held enough, you know. In my case, you know, there weren't a lot of regulated nervous systems around me, 
you know, my mom had extreme anxiety, my father was using, you know, there weren't, you know, nervous systems know what a regulated nervous system feels like when they're held. You know, if, if you've been held by someone who's anxious and been held by somebody who's calm, they're very different experiences. And like, I, all of a sudden I realized that I had the power to go into the darkest places, you know, it was grace too, you know, don't get me wrong. I prayed a lot, <laughs> you know, there were a lot of prayers that were said in those dark nights, you know, I don't think I did this or willed this on my own. There was a lot of grace from the goddess there. Um, and patience from, you know, my higher power to, you know, put those things just into place so that I could see what I needed to see to heal that part of my inner child. And, you know, those things still come up. You know, I felt like shit yesterday from my booster. And I definitely had moments of like, oh my God, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. And I just kind of like would pause what I was doing, take some deep breaths and be like, why are you afraid? Well, I'm afraid that I'm sick and I'm going to die alone. And then I would be able to hold myself and say, yeah, that's scary. And, you know, we all die alone and it's okay. It's part of being alive. It's the one thing that's certain for all of us and you can be scared about it until you're not scared about it anymore and it makes sense that you're scared about it today because you don't feel very good and you spent tons of time alone when you were sick when you were little and it's okay and you know like it's just like it gets easier and easier each time to give myself those corrective experiences and then to then have the opportunity with other people who are safe to create connections, to create attachments, to have partnerships, and to then have them show up in safe and nurturing ways for you. You know, that's like another part of the recipe is doing this with safe people, you know. Being able to be held last night when I felt like crap, you know. I was, I was held by someone who felt safe. For like 30 minutes and I just got to be like a sick little kid being held and pet and you know we need it's like the whole thing it takes it takes the whole the whole deal and so yeah that's a that's a little example of some inner child work that I did and then you know throughout that week I probably made myself lots of chicken nuggets and lots of mac and cheese and gave the little versions of myself lots of good meals and watched lots of cartoons and really just kind of let them hang out and feel safe with me and it was a blessing you know one of those those things you would have never asked for that only surfaced inside of the belly of 2021 and yeah, I really appreciate you all being here. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to listen. I hope these are helpful for you. These are really, they're a profound experience for me. You know, this is, this is healing for me too, to go back and have a place and a forum where I can reflect and I can share things with y'all. And, you know, hopefully just keep keep growing into sane and rational adult humans together inside of a safe community where we know other people are doing hard work too and we can go back and 
give our parents some compassion for the lack of love that they experience or the, the terror, panic, or the lack of touch or the abandonment or neglect or abuse that they experienced, you know, and it kind of depersonalizes it. It, it breaks intergenerational cycles of trauma. Um, and it's really a beautiful thing to do that with you all. And I'm so grateful for you all. Thank you for being here. And thank you for whatever work you're doing on yourself. That, that ripples out and it really does spread towards others, you know. Our healing starts inside of us and then it kind of it ripples out from there it's really a beautiful aspect of this this experience in these human human bodies and so thank you thank you one more episode before the end of the year and we'll we'll see what 2022 has for us you know who knows but we'll be in this together if you're getting some from this podcast, please consider donating on the Patreon page. Price of coffee once a month, a beer, tea, whatever. Uh, really, really appreciate that. All my patrons, you're beautiful. Thank you so much. It means so much to have your support. I see your faces in my, my mind's eye every week when I'm chatting. Uh, wish you the best. And yeah, all the other things. You know the deal like subscribe follow share it on instagram if you got something from it share it with your friends word of mouth is still working for us smaller podcasts and yeah support me or support another small podcast you listen to because a lot of work goes into these and we love doing it and we don't want podcasts to go the way of radio where everything turns into clear channel and all we hear the same songs from the 70s over and over need these unique voices you know we need to be having these conversations with ourselves with our friends uh, and normalize this process of uh, becoming integrated adult fully functioning adult humans who are able to take responsibility for their inner states their actions hold people accountable set boundaries collaborate forgive and do all the wonderful things that we have the opportunity to do in these uh these little these little meat vessels we're dancing around in so yes i love you all take care of yourselves i will talk to you so soon be well Bye now.